Today, I'm going to talk just for a brief moment, and then my wife is going to join me, and we're going to, as a family, like I said, in the room and those that are with us online, we're going to partake of the Lord's table during this Thanksgiving season. And uh, it is my heart to make sure that we really, truly understand what we're doing, because when you get understanding, in fact, the Bible encourages that, and all you're getting, get stupid. No, no, it doesn't say that. In all you're getting, get understanding. How many of you know, without understanding, it just becomes a, becomes a religious activity? So, so, so I'm going to ask you just to take a journey with me, and I'm going to read the Bible. How, how many of you say that's okay if we just read the Bible today? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you what God says concerning this moment that we're getting ready to, to enter into because... You really do need this communion meal. You really do need this communion meal. I think, I think Nick, I'm going to have you come early, son. I think I might need some help here just a little bit. There, somebody, just, somebody just smiled at me just a little bit. How, how many of you believe you really need this meal? Come on online. Do you really think you need this meal? You know, uh, the past couple of weeks, back about a week and a half ago, I was actually, or a week ago, I guess, I was in the mountains of Idaho, and, uh, and man, you're getting excited over everything over here. I was in the mountains of Idaho, about seven to 8,000 feet in elevation where the snow was, and uh, it was a trip that I took with a couple other individuals, a guided trip where we chased animals all week. <laughs> That's funny. Anyhow, um, and so I've never done that before in the state of Idaho. I'm familiar with doing it in other places, but I've never been in the state of Idaho, and I've never been at seven to 8,000 feet where there's snow everywhere, and there is, with wind chill, uh, with the wind chill factor, there's a d zero degrees. And uh, I don't know that I was quite ready for that type of, of, of an experience chasing animals in the snow with wind blowing, and it freezing your tail off. And uh, the, guided, the guides that we were with, they actually would cook for you. We were in tents. We didn't, we, there was no lodge. There was no shower. There was no, it's just seven days of roughing it, chasing animals. It, could, it couldn't have been more like heaven, I'm telling you. And, and so they would fix breakfast for you really early, and then you go out all day. And so what they would do is they would send a sack lunch with you. And in that lunch was two sandwiches. One was peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> and the other one was a thin slice of ham, I think, with cheese. And that was pretty much it. There was an apple in the bag. Thank God for the apple. And then uh, there was, uh, let me see, oh, a, a small bag of chips. And then there was a, a candy bar or, or some kind of candy that was in my bag every day. And so I'm not a chocolate eater. And it seemed like, it seemed like my bag always had the big chocolate candy bars or the M&Ms. And I've never been a chocolate eater, eater uh, from, from, from birth. I just never have liked chocolate. And so I probably have eaten that I can remember chocolate maybe two to three times in my whole life. In fact, the darker the cho chocolate, the, the more nauseated I get. Okay, let me preach, okay? <laughs> we got crazy going on in church today. 
So, so, so I'm out there, and uh, I believe this is on the second or the third day, when it comes to eating the, the candy bar, and they put that in there for a reason, because you're burning calories. And the reason why you're burning calories is because you're just freezing to death. You know, you're just cold, cold, cold. And they're walking you. Uh, uh, some of the time you're walking a long distance. And, uh, and so it's like the second, third day, I'd always, uh, my son was with me, Nick, here, and I would give him my, 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 my candy bars. And, and uh, on this, this particular day, I think I was out by myself, and he was taking a break in the tent and uh, something like that. And uh, I'd walked a long ways can't remember the whole story, but, but, the, but the facts of the story was is that um, I was calorie deprived, and I thought I was dying at 8,000 feet, cold, cold, cold. I ate both of my sandwiches and my chips and my apple, and the only thing I had left was a chocolate, well, actually, it wasn't a chocolate can, can it, was, it was Reese's peanut butter cup. And I said, well, that sounds good. I like peanut butter. And then I looked at it, and, 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 and it, was like, it was like 700 calories. I go, yes. And so I ripped that package open, and I'm here to tell you before the church and my family that that's the best chocolate I've ever had in my life. I had more energy. I was ready to chase animals the rest of the day. But I wasn't going to dare tell anybody, and so I just put the wrapper back into the bag. Boy, I needed that meal. I needed that. Oh, I needed that candy bar. I needed it. I needed it. And I put it back. I snuck it back into my bag and left it in my tent. Well, apparently my son got hungry later one of those days, and he's looking for all my candy bars. And he looks in one of those bags and realizes, Dad, what did you do? I caught you. Dad, Dad you, you, you ate some, some chocolate, and, and I was exposed. But I'm here, to come, I'm, here, I'm here to tell somebody I needed that meal. Today what we're going to talk about is you need this meal. Some of you are on the, the verge of a crisis. <laughs> And you need to take that, that candy bar out of your bag, and you need to eat that meal. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, um, we're going to read some Bible here. We're just going to let the Bible help us. Did, did, you, did you hear? You're going to need this meal. Uh, i got to make sure you get that. You're going to need, you're going to need, just look quiet on the front, okay? You're going to need this meal. You're going to need. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, because I, I, I want people to hear this. I don't, want, I don't want us to be distracted from what God is saying here. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, the whole chapter, Paul is dealing with, 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 with really correcting a local church, the church at Corinth. And it's in this chapter that he's bringing correction that he also brings the necessity and the value and more importantly, the specific instructions concerning Holy Communion. So, so I want you to track with me, and I want you to hear this because this is a setup. I'm here to tell you, this is absolutely a God-given setup for this Thanksgiving. You're going to leave this place saying, man, I needed that, that meal. 
Notice what Paul says in verse 17 as he's dealing and correcting the local church there. He says, your worship services do you more harm than good. I'm certainly not going to praise you for this. Goes on to say, to tell us why he's not praising me. He says, I'm told that you can't get along with each other, that you are bound to argue with each other. I don't want to spend a whole lot of time with this, but, but the problem is, is that the, the, the church was in strife with each other. This, this wasn't believers and unbelievers. This was believers going after each other. Could, could, could it really be that believers would be mean to each other? <laughs> that would never happen in our day, right? That never happened in our church, right? Well, it was happening in their church, and Paul goes on to tell them that the strife that they're in and the division that they're in and the, the negative posting that they're doing on social media and the hatred that they're spreading, are you with me? Paul goes on to tell them all the mistreatment that you are, you are spewing towards other believers. And it's very important that you hear this. It's not believers and unbelievers. It's, it's believers and believers not getting along. Paul says, because you're mistreating one another, you need to hear it because this is heavy stuff and it's in your Bible. He says, because of this, it's causing many of you to become sick. It's causing many of you to become weak and it's causing many of you to die early. Now, for those that never opened your Bible, you might want to go look. That's in verse 30. And Paul says, hey, this mistreatment of one another is not really doing you any good. He says, many of church-going people are sick, not because of the virus, but because of the ugly hatred. He says, because you can't get along with each other. I'm here to tell you, it is a serious issue. It's, it's, a, it's a whole nother message. But I'm here to tell you, even in this COVID-19 situation, it's so easy for the church to turn on itself. And it's not the virus that's going to kill us. It's going to be our hatred. It's going to cause us to be weak and sick. And so Paul is dealing in the context of all that stuff that's going on, and he's trying to bring correction. He's saying, hey, guys, don't do that. Don't do that. It's so important that we unify and that we get along with one another and that we, we, we love each other. And then he goes on because he, he, he wants to tell him them his concern. He says in verse 20, he says, so what you do because you're mistreating each other so that when, verse 20, when you meet together, you don't really celebrate the Lord's Supper. He says, because you're not getting along and because you're, you're hating each other and because there's strife with each other, then you come to your church services and then you want to take communion. But the truth is, is that it's really not celebrating communion because it's really not communion. It really isn't the Lord's table. In other words, it really isn't benefiting your, your life. And then Paul goes on to give the d definition and the instruction of what Holy Communion is all about. And we're familiar with it, but notice what Paul says. He says, after all, I passed on to you what I have received from the Lord on the night he was betrayed, that the Lord Jesus took bread. He's talking about the upper room where Jesus took the bread and he took the wine. And it says in verse 24, it says, and he spoke a prayer of thanksgiving before those disciples. And then Jesus, he broke the bread and said, 
This is my body, which is given for you. Do this to remember me. When supper was over, he did the same with the cup. He said, this cup is the new promise with my blood. Every time you drink from it, do it in remembrance of me. Jesus has just transitioned from a Passover meal to a New Testament covenant meal. I don't know if you heard that. Jesus has just transitioned the New Testament church. He's taken them out of an old covenant into a new covenant. In the old covenant, they would have what we call the Passover meal. But now Jesus is going to die upon the cross. He's going to be the Passover lamb. And he says from this point forward, it's not going to be the Passover meal. It's going to be the communion meal. See, there was no, no lamb in this meal because he was sitting at the table getting ready to be crucified. And he says, the, the bread is my body that's getting ready to be broken. It's going to die upon that cross. Is this cup? Is the wine, the juice? That's my blood that's going to be shed for you. I've just come to tell somebody, according to this, according to what Jesus says here, according to what Paul's trying to tell this church that's in division, he says there's a dual purpose for communion. That, that when you take this, this is, this is not just a religious activity. Oh, have I told you how much you need this, this meal. Jesus here explains the dual purpose of taking communion. He's communion. He says the bread, which represents the crucified body. He says it was given, it was given Jesus said that to his disciples some 2,000 years ago, this bread that you're getting ready to eat, it's my body that's going to hang up on a cross. It's going, to be, it's going to be broken for you. Jesus says, this bread is for you. Jesus takes the cup. He says, this is my blood. It's going to shed, be shed upon that cross. He says something very interesting again. He says, this, this blood... This life, life. See, some of you don't understand why the blood, because life is in the blood. So, so we could just say life. Jesus says, not only is the bread for you, but my blood or my life is for, for you. There's a dual purpose. The bread is for you, and the cup is for you. The bread represents the body of Christ, and the cup represents the blood of Jesus. Now notice here, so it's twofold. The bread does something for you. I got to make sure you get it. And, and, and the cup does something for you. I'm going to say it again. The bread does something for you, and the cup does something for you. They're not the same thing. The, the bread does something for you, and the cup does something for you. Isaiah begins to define what it does. Isaiah 53, these are familiar verses. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way, and he was despised, and we did not care. Yet it was our weakness he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down, and we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for, for, for his own sins. Here it is. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we, we could be whole and we, he was whipped so that we could be healed. 
All of us like sheep have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own. <laughs> Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. Remember Jesus that night with his disciples? He told them two things. The bread's for you and the cup's for you. Right here in Isaiah defines that the bread or the body of Christ was broken for you so that you could be healed. The bread's for you so that you can be made whole. But he not always said it's the, the body for you or the bread's for you. He said the blood was shed according to Isaiah. What? His life was given so that you could be forgiven. It's a dual purpose. The clarity is the body of Christ was broken so that you could be healed. The blood of Jesus was shed so that you could be forgiven. And it's not for him. It's for you. We see this throughout the Bible, but notice in the New Testament, Matthew 8, 1 says, so Jesus made clear the full meaning of what Isaiah the prophet said, what we just read. It says, he took away our diseases and carried away our sicknesses. Through Jesus' broken body on that cross, our diseases, our sickness has been taken away so that we can live a life of hell, health. This, this, this bread is for you. What does it represent? The broken body. And when you partake of this broken body, you're receiving and partaking of health and healing. Whatever sickness and disease is in your body, I'm here to tell you, this meal can heal you. This cup, the life of, of Jesus, when you partake of it and receive of it, what are you receiving of? You're receiving of the forgiveness and the righteousness of God. For he who knew no sin became sin so that you might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It's for you. It's for your healing. It's for your wholeness. And it's for your forgiveness. So when Jesus says, take the bread and eat, I want you to hear it today. When Jesus was in that room with those disciples and he says, hey guys, take this bread and eat. He's telling them by eating this bread, which represents my broken body, you are receiving God's healing into your body. It's the meal that heals when Jesus says, hey, take this cup, take this drink. It represents my life. It is the blood that was shed upon Calvary. And when you drink of it, you're receiving my forgiveness and my righteousness. Well, what are you trying to say, preacher? Communion, the Lord's table, the Lord's supper, is the meal that heals. So many people I didn't get an amen on that at all. I would have thought at least one amen. I bet somebody at home or somebody in the chat room's amening. It's amazing how we take our vitamins, right? Yeah, boy, we like our vitamins, man. My wife sometimes has some things spread out. Take this. It's going to help you. It's going to be good. And you know, we don't even question it. We just think it's helping us, right? 
We assume and believe it, it must be good for us, and I'm not saying it's not. It must be. I mean, look at us. And then, and then so many people with different me- forms of medication, they don't question it. Why? Because they assume and believe that it's helping them, and, and certainly medication. Thank God for doctors. Thank God for medication. And, and we take it just like they prescribe it. We, we do the instructions. You know, if this says take with a glass of water and shake your right foot, we do it all and take the medication. We think, hey, this is going to help us. And then when Jesus says, hey, hey, I got a meal that will heal you. I got something that will remove sickness and disease. I got something that will make you whole. I got something that will give you peace in your soul and in your mind. It's amazing how we will question. Yeah, I don't know if that's really important. You see, I, I, I really believe that if we really believe that this was a meal that healed, I think you'd probably start taking it every day. I mean, Jesus didn't say, hey, you only take it at a religious ceremony. He didn't say, hey, just take it every once in a while at church. You could take this as many times as you want. The only requirement is, and we're going to get to it, is he says, all you got to do, here's the instructions, remember. I wonder the next time when we line out our vitamins and we line out all of our pills, maybe we ought to have our bread and we ought to have our cup and say, I'm going to take this, I'm going to take this, and I'm going to take the meal that, come on, somebody. I'm going to take the meal that heals. And as I, as I step back into this and begin to look, I said, I even was telling my wife, I said, baby, we, we just need to take communion every day. I think during this COVID thing, I've almost taken it every day. But I'm just here to encourage somebody. This is not a religious ceremony. Jesus looked at his disciples. Paul then refers to what Jesus did to a people that were dismembered, that was, that was in disunity, that was, that was angry and, and hating on each other. And he says, guys, this supper is not benefiting you, but it's to benefit you. And here's, what, here's what's going to happen if you allow it to benefit you. He says, the bread's for you and the cup's for you. And the, br- the bread, the body will heal you. And the cup will forgive you. First Corinthians eleven twenty four. I want us to look. I just referred to it. I want to look. I want you to. I want you to get your eyes on it. Here's the instructions. I'm just about done. He broke the bread and said, verse 24, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this to remember. Do this to remember. Do this to remember me. Verse 25, he said the same thing with the cup. He said, this cup is a new promise made with my blood. Every time you drink from it, do it to, do it to, do it to, do it to remember me. Notice Jesus' instructions. Notice, he says, when you do this, do this to remember. Now, when Jesus says to remember first and foremost, absolutely, what we are doing is we are retelling the story. We are calling to mind what Jesus has done upon that cross, that his body was broken, that the blood was shed. But I've come to tell you something that you might not have known about this table. Not only does that word mean to call to mind, but it doesn't just mean to call to mind. 
If you go into the original language of that word to remember, that word also means to remember. The prefix is re, which is again. So you could say it means to again member. It's, 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 it's actually in the original language, it means to put back together. <laughs> so, so we're not just, Jesus is not nervous that we're going to forget about him. He's actually telling us, hey, there's power in this meal. There's healing in this meal that can remember you, that can again member you, or that can put you back together again. If you've got sickness or disease, I can put you back together. If you've got sin in your life, I can put you back together. To remember, to, to again member. In fact, in the original language, the, one of the opposite words of the original language is to dismember. Well, we know what dismember means, right? It means to, it means to tear apart. It means to pull apart. It's actually what was happening in the book of Corinthians with that local church. They were tearing each other apart. They were being pulled apart by their COVID-19 2020 year. They were hating. We know to dismember means, means, means to tear apart, to pull apart. I've just come to ask somebody today, has anybody felt like in this year of 2020, has anybody felt like you have been dismembered? Maybe your family pulled apart? Huh? Maybe your life has been pulled apart? Maybe your dream has been pulled apart? Maybe a relationship has been pulled apart? How about a business? A business that can't open, it's torn apart, right? How about a job that's been lost, torn apart to dismember? Health, torn apart. I know with my mom right now, we're, we're believing God for miracles. God, really? We've got so many other things. And, and now this, Lord, it's, a, it's another dismember. It's, a, it's another painful event of things being torn apart. Maybe I'm the only one. Maybe somebody on the other side of this camera is, is understanding what I'm talking about. Has anybody felt like, man, I have been dismembered? My dreams, my, my life. But I've come to tell somebody today, there's a way to put things back together. Come on, somebody. There's a way to put things back together. And we haven't eaten the meal, so I, I man, I, you need to hold tight because we're getting ready to eat this meal, and it's going to put us back together. It's in this meal, baby. I want you to come. It's in this meal. Something powerful takes place. A remembering begins to take place. What's been torn apart gets put back together. As you remember Jesus, <laughs> as you remember Jesus, Jesus remembers you. As you acknowledge what Jesus did through his brokenness and through his shedding of his blood, Jesus remembers or puts your life back. It's a meal 
that heals. He says, this body is for you, and this cup is for you. I know you're hurting. I know you're in pain. I know you've been dismembered, but I did something 2,000 years ago on a cross that if you'll partake of, it will remember. It will remember you. Remember you. I got more, but I think I'm done. Has this helped anybody? Let, let, me, let, me, let me close with this thought. I hope you never see communion, the Lord's table, Eucharist, different. I hope you see it different the rest of your life. When Jesus was dying upon that cross, remember there wasn't just one cross. There were three crosses. I believe it's a picture of Jesus and all of humanity. Those who receive Jesus and those who reject Jesus. There he is in the middle. One of the criminals. Look at Jesus. And he mocks Jesus. He curses Jesus. He hates on Jesus. The other criminal looks at Jesus. And he says these words. Jesus, would you remember, same word, remember me. In other words, Jesus, my life has not been good. I've been a horrible person, made so many mistakes, made, had so many failures. And here I am on this cross on the right side of you, and I feel so dismembered. But Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. Would you remember, or would you put me back together again? You know what Jesus says? From this day. First convert, from this day you will be with me in paradise. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask you right where you're at to close your eyes and bow your heads as I give an invitation for those on the other side of this camera, those that are in this room. You've got one of two choices. You could be the, the person on the left of the cross that says, ah, I don't need Jesus. I can do it my own way. I'm a self-made person, self-made man, self-made woman. I don't need no help. You get to make the choice. Or you can be the other person on the right that says, I, I'm broken, I'm hurting, I'm in need. I'm a sinful man. I need a Savior. And you can, you can ask, Jesus, would you come into my heart? Would you come into my life? I'm talking to people today in this room or on the other side of that camera that's never made a decision for Jesus. You've never surrendered your life to him or you would, you, you, maybe at one time you did, but you're in a backslidden state and you know you're not living for God. Before we eat of this meal that heals, that's for you, we need to, we need to do first things first. And that is all that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. This meal we're getting ready to eat is not for salvation. It's a believer's meal. Once salvation has been activated, if you're not right with God, you've never made a decision for Jesus, 
all over this congregation as I look, believers praying. If that's you, would you just lift your hand in this place today? Say, Pastor, pray for me. Lead me in that prayer. I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Just lift it up high. Come on, it's a decision time. Lift it up and leave it up. Just hands going up all over this building. I see that. See all those hands over there. Those hands back there, hands there. God sees that hand. That's the important part. God sees that hand. God sees that heart that says, Jesus, remember me. You can put those hands down. I'm sure so many of you online that said, that's, that's me. I need to pray that prayer. Whether you're in this building or online, would you pray this prayer? Say this with me. Say, Father God, today I surrender my life to Jesus. Jesus, come into my heart. Today I believe and I confess that you are the Son of God, that you died for me, that your body was broken for me, that your blood was shed for me, that you rose from the grave for me. And today, I make a decision to receive Jesus as my Lord and as my Savior. Father God, with your help from this day forward, I'm going to live for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, in this room, online. Come on, you could do better than that. I can just hear heaven going crazy right now. Woo! Man, so many hands went up. I'm going to ask you just to stand right where you're at. And again, I probably went longer than I thought. Maybe change your position there at home. Man, my hope today is that you see this meal differently. There's a miracle that takes place if you'll enter this table with faith. This is not a meal to fill you. This is a meal to heal you. And if you'll release faith when you eat of this meal, you literally are receiving of health and healing, physically and soulishly. I'm here to tell you, suicidal thoughts are being broken today. Depression is going today. Discouragement is going today. Cancer is being broke today. Come on. COVID-19 is out of here today, out of our lives. God's going to remember us. Mrs. Ann, I don't know. I just said a whole lot. No, that was good. You know what I think is so powerful is, is uh, you know, we tend to look at communion as this, you know, as this little wafer wrapped in this cute little package, and we think, well, I can't partake of communion. Jesus wasn't sitting with his disciples with a bunch of these. He was sitting with something very common that they ate daily and pretty much every meal, bread and wine. It's not like he had to go find something and said, hey, whenever you see this, I want you to remember me. It was something that was constantly in front of them. It's not something they had to go search for. And this is the powerful thing. What we're saying is there's not power in that loaf of bread. It was bought at Vaughn's. There's not power in that particular juice. It's the expectation. It's, it's the 
it's my heart where it's connected. When I'm looking at that bread, just like Abram, God took Abram outside and he said, I want you to look at the stars. Those stars weren't his kids, but they represented his kids. So every time he looked at them, he got a new picture of what was going on in his life. So when we're partaking of this or that, even at this moment, I'm not eating that bread going, okay, it's this particular recipe that's going to bring life to me. No, I, my expectation is this is represents the body of Christ that was broken for me. And as I eat this, I'm just remembering, God, this is what you provided for me, and I'm receiving it. When I'm drinking of that cup, I'm saying, this is the blood of Jesus Christ, and I'm, I'm receiving it. That's why it's so powerful. Because in the morning, when you're making your toast and your eggs, mm -hmm. Come on. that toast that you're getting ready to put in, it's so common, it's in front of you, but you could take that and remember, Jesus, this is your body that was broken for me. And instead of constantly seeing sickness and disease in every commercial that comes on, needing you need this prescription and this prescription, every time I make a sandwich, I'm going to remember this body was, this is, I'm going to take this moment and I'm going to thank God for this bread because I'm believing that when I'm, that, that the, the power and the broken body of Jesus is working on my behalf when I'm getting my kids a Cheez-It snack, a goldfish snack. Listen, these weren't uncommon elements. Right. He wants us to remember him all the time. Come on. He wants us to remember him all the time. That's why I believe you said it's so powerful that we can, we can do this often. Y'all eat, I know, three meals a day, and it Come probably on. includes Come some on. carbs. And throw in a few snacks, right? I think it's just a powerful thing. So when we look, at, we're going to look at bread, Cheez-Its, crackers a whole different way. And it's not sacrilegious to we, look at a Cheez-It. I use Lucky Charms one as time. As a Lucky come Charms on. works too. Those marshmallows are great, great <laughs> bread. So come on. The important part is that you're remembering. How, how many of you album. think you got this? Online, come on, you, you've got this. Right. So, so here's what we're going to do. Is, is uh, My sons are up here. I'm so excited about them being up here to to close us out with some worship. My wife's going to pray, and we're going to release, and we're going to pray right now before we partake, and we're going to pray, and then they're going to go into a set of worship. We're not leaving. We're just going to, we're going to stay in this moment and let healing flow. Okay. Let healing flow. I don't know if that's going to really work. I just can't understand how I can eat something and that works. Can I remind you that sin entered the whole world? Because Adam and Eve ate. Well, if sin can enter, I'm here to tell you health can enter. Healing can enter. Restoration can enter. I'm here to tell you, God's getting ready to do something so powerful right now. So we're going to pray, and then we're going for you at home, families, man, get around your families and take communion together. We're taking as one big celebration family. As they begin to sing, as you're ready, you take the bread, the body, you speak over them. Thank you. In other words, it's for you. Say, Lord, thank you for the body that was broken for yeah. me. I receive and I partake of health and healing into my body today. The same thing with the cup. Acknowledge the the, the remission of sins, the forgiveness of sins. But here's what we're going to believe. We're going to pray that when you partake, this meal is going to heal every area of your life, spirit, soul, 
and body. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for the blood of Jesus Christ. God, we believe as we partake of communion today, God, we recognize that the blood of Jesus Christ has totally done away with our sin. God, we stand righteous before you. We believe that we are the righteousness of God through the blood of Jesus Christ. God, as we eat this bread, we remember your body that was broken and bruised for us. God, no sickness, no disease can live in us. God, we believe as we partake of this, God, we believe, Lord, that restoration, wholeness, remembering will go on in our body, our spirit, our soul, and our body. God, we count it a privilege and an honor, God, to be called yours. God, thank you for this moment. Thank you for healing that shows up in this moment as we recognize you as the source of it all. We give you thanks for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You pray.